Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode takes us to a reboot or it's a fresh start or I don't know what it's supposed to be. Is it a spinoff? It's a whole new take? Yeah, let's go with that. It's a whole new take or more specifically a whole new take that looks exactly like something we've seen before or that's what the trailers would have you believe. I guess we should go ahead and get right into it and announce the movie. Starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, and Paul Dano. This is the 2022 Matt Reeves directed The Batman. Batman is back. Well, he's just beginning. He's been on the job for about two years now. And the Riddler is killing political figures in Gotham City. This forces Batman to look into his own family's history and possible involvement in all of the corruption in Gotham. First things first, I don't know if this particular story is inspired by any one story that came from the Batman comics. What I can tell you is the actual plot gives me a little bit of a feeling of something that was used on the TV show Gotham, which if you were a viewer of Gotham, you would know that this was all villains before they were villains as well as Bruce Wayne before he was Batman. That's actually one of the things that worried me when I read an interview with Matt Reeves saying it's not really a Batman story, but instead a villain's origin story. Director Matt Reeves is not wrong, but while this does give me some memories of Gotham, thankfully it's a little bit different. Even if it is something that we kind of seen before. We just haven't seen it necessarily in a movie before. Another thing about the Batman, I think we have to actually discuss a little bit of how we got to this point. How and why is DC still running their own Snyderverse? It's not really the Snyderverse anymore, but it's still spinning off from the Snyderverse. This is its own animal. Originally, this started off as a Ben Affleck-led Batman film that would have tied directly into the Snyderverse, or as we should probably now properly call it, the DCEU. But the Cliff Notes version of this story is, this was originally supposed to be a Ben Affleck written and directed Batman starring film that would have really been a live-action version of the Arkham Asylum video games. He was using that as a big inspiration to his Batman film. Supposedly, the script that Affleck wrote with Chris Terrio was fantastic. However, the heads at WB didn't really like it. For one, it was a dark, possibly R-rated version of Batman. They weren't really willing to make that leap for an R-rated Batman film, even though they were perfectly comfortable with making an R-rated Joker film. It doesn't quite make sense. But this is a Walter Hamada and Jeff John standoff, which led to Ben Affleck more or less stepping away from the role. Especially when he was already gone from the role and said that he supported what Matt Reeves was doing and he couldn't wait to work with him. It's come out later that Ben Affleck was gone already. While Affleck's Batman film should have been put into production, it should have been made, we didn't get that. Everybody hated the DCEU and what Zack Snyder did, they didn't want to see anything from it. But then when we didn't have it, then a lot of the fans cried that 
well, we want that back. It seems that WB is delivering that, but they're not going to be delivering that really on the big screen. It seems to be something that's going to be left onto HBO Max, which is okay. I guess we'll see what happens in the future. It's interesting to kind of have two competing series running. I also think that audiences are smart enough to figure out that, yes, this is separate, and yes, this movie over here is part of the DCEU. I always wondered why we can't have two different series of superheroes in film. I guess it all comes down to money. We all know that it's expensive to make a film. We also know that one film or one series might perform better than what another one might. I think you understand where I'm going with this. There is multiple series of comics featuring the same superhero, but they are all distinctly different. One person might prefer one over the other, and that's perfectly okay. I kind of like that WB seems like they want to keep everybody happy. I think that with Sony's Spider-Man No Way Home, I think that kind of opened up the floodgates to, hey, this is a very real possibility that we might be getting different series and different versions of superheroes on the big screen. I personally am fine with that. Either way, with all the politics that goes behind making a film, with all the people that you have to answer to, the producers, the execs, it's amazing that any movie actually gets made. The more I hear about it, the more it sounds like a headache, and I'm surprised that directors would even bother. If you have an interest in this, I highly suggest reading some of the articles that came out on The Batman, as well as why we never got to see that Ben Affleck-led The Batman film. Yes, the two films even shared the same title. They didn't even bother to call it anything different. But with my quick Cliff Notes version of the history of this film, I think it's time that I give my thoughts on Matt Reeves' The Batman. Alright, so where to start on this one? How about the big question, did I like it? Yes, I definitely liked it. So if you want to go in without knowing anything about the movie and you were wondering if I liked this film or not, yeah, it was a good movie. But I really want to talk about casting. The casting of Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Batman was a definite controversial choice. A lot of people, for whatever reason, still think of him as the sparkling vampire from the Twilight series. He's definitely moved on past all of that. And from what I saw, is actually a good actor. It's long been a tradition, everybody has an issue with whoever they cast Batman. This goes all the way back to the casting of Michael Keaton in the Tim Burton directed Batman films. It gets announced, no one's ever happy, and then, hey, guess what, they see the movie and they like the person in the role. It's a simple case of, we should probably wait to see the finished product before actually judging somebody just based on their past pedigrees. Overall, I thought Robert Pattinson did a great job as Bruce Wayne and Batman. We don't really see him too much as Bruce Wayne. We see him mostly as Batman, which is strange because I would have thought that he would work more as a Bruce Wayne, but not so much as a Batman. He manages to do both just fine. Initially from the trailers, I thought that this was going to be a Batman more similar to Ben Affleck's Batman about not caring whether he killed anybody. He actually does care and does not want to use guns. In a lot of ways, we do get a classically styled Batman here, because he's even a detective. Yes, we already got some of that type of Batman in the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, 
I will say it was probably never as much as what it is here. The Batman that is presented here likes to use his intelligence as well as his brute strength. So overall, as far as this Batman goes, I really have no complaints. I only have a small complaint considering the film starts off as a noir type of film, yet it kind of loses it throughout the movie and then brings it back towards that style at the very end. I would have much preferred more of that noir feel throughout the entire film. It wasn't really a detractor, it didn't take me out of it, it's just noticeably absent where you start the movie with it, go a little bit into the film, and then, hey, all of a sudden it's forgotten about, but wait, we need to put that in at the last minute. I'm sure it was some kind of creative choice or something like that. I don't think director Matt Reeves is that inept to make a film that doesn't exactly flow 100% tonally. But let's get back to that casting of just the various people in Batman's world. We have Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I think she was good in the movie. It's not exactly a surprise that there is a romantic subplot between her and Batman. In some ways, it was nice to see it here. I will say that the romantic subplot actually felt believable. We also have Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, who I'm a big fan of. I liked him in Westworld as well as the Daniel Craig Bond films and pretty much anything that I've ever seen him in. Even that lousy Invasion of the Body Snatchers film called The Invasion. I liked his character in that movie too. He's a definite likable actor. He puts in a good James Gordon. I would say that his Commissioner Gordon is not terribly different from what we saw in the past, but then again, it doesn't have to be. Here's hoping we see more of Jeffrey Wright's James Gordon in the Gotham PD TV show that will be on HBO Max. Andy Serkis as Alfred doesn't really do a whole lot here. He's good for the limited screen time that he has. I would say that his Alfred is pretty much on par with most of the other Alfreds that we've seen in the various Batman projects over the years. It would have been nice to actually get more story, I guess, with his character. It's just that the movie is already like three hours long, so to add any extra character development there might have bloated the story even more than what it already was. It is to the film's credit that this is a three-hour film that doesn't exactly feel like a three-hour film, so well done on that. The Batman also presents us with three villains. We get the main one of Paul Dano's performance and portrayal of the Riddler. I would say that would have to be one of the most interesting takes in the movie, mostly because this Riddler seems to be based off of the Zodiac Killer. It made him a far more dangerous Riddler than what we've seen in the past. This is definitely the most dangerous Riddler we've seen in a Batman film. The Jim Carrey Riddler never really felt too threatening, and I'm not even crapping on Jim Carrey's performance in Batman Forever. It's just that was a different type of Batman film. This is a dark, bleak Batman film. Possibly even more dark and bleak than what Zack Snyder put on screen. So for all you people who complained about the Snyderverse or the DCEU being too dark for you, well, this is definitely worse. For me, it was probably worse in a good way. Does that make sense? Getting back to the Riddler, I really did like this take. It gives the movie almost a horror movie vibe, almost in the same vein as the David Fincher classic, Seven. The other standout villain would have to be Colin Farrell's The Penguin. It seems like he put on quite a bit of weight, potentially, for this role. He also completely loses himself in it. 
Like, literally, he is unrecognizable. It doesn't look like him. It doesn't sound like him. It's very impressive that the special effects team were able to pull this off. Not only that, he kind of seems like a comic-accurate penguin, which is the first time we got to see that in a Batman film. It's just kind of disappointing that going back to the Riddler, we didn't get a more comic-accurate version of the Riddler, but I understand why they went the route they did. Seriously though, hats off to Colin Farrell. It's a fantastic performance. I wish he was kind of in the movie a little bit more. We will be getting yet another spin-off show. That's two now, which I guess the show is being called The Penguin. Probably his rise to power or something like that. I don't know. It's another HBO Max special. Considering how much I did actually enjoy Colin Farrell's Penguin here, I'm optimistic about that show and I'm optimistic about the Gotham PD show. It just feels like HBO and Warner Brothers kind of put the cart before the horse here. The final villain of the film is... John Turturro's Carmine Falcone. Overall, John Turturro is awesome in most things that I've seen him in. It's just tough for me to separate him from any of the other roles that I've seen him in. So while there was nothing exactly wrong with his performance or his portrayal, I just wasn't exactly sold on him being Falcone. I feel like director Matt Reeves really tried hard to give us something different as far as Batman and his various villains that are shown in this movie. The problem with it is, is that we've seen Batman in various forms and nothing about the movie really feels new. The movie itself is well written, it's gorgeous, it's well directed. It just doesn't have that new factor about it. And that's probably because, at the end of the day, it is a Batman film. I do like a lot of the things that director Matt Reeves was able to accomplish with this movie. We got a more grounded Batman. We haven't gotten that grounded Batman since the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. But there's also something to be said about the more comic bookish Batman that was portrayed by Ben Affleck in the DCEU Snyderverse films. There is definitely room for two types of Batman, the more comic book type of Batman and the more grounded in reality. As much as the Batman was grounded in reality, there was some things that will take you out and it reminds you that you are watching a comic book film, such as the Wayne Tech, I'm assuming that's what it would be called here, it's never officially said, but the Wayne Tech, Batman Tech, whatever you want to call it, one of those things is a camera that is a contact lens that goes over your eye. To the best of my knowledge, something like that doesn't really exist. It looks like something that would be in a James Bond film. So as grounded as what the Batman is, it still has those little things about it that are reminders of its comic book origins. The Batman also has a very good score. It just sounds too familiar. As different as what it is, if you give one listen to it, you'll say, yes, that sounds like Batman. Which, I guess, isn't exactly a bad thing. Director Matt Reeves also made the choice to overuse the Nirvana song, Something in the Way. We get that song not once, but twice in the movie. He really should not have used this song twice. It should also be said that this movie is pretty much a slow burn. There's not very much action throughout the entire movie. I know that one of WB's complaints, or one of the publicized complaints about Ben Affleck's original version of this film, is that it didn't have enough action in it. There are some action sequences, especially the one at the end. It goes a little bit too far. It reminds me of something that I would have seen in 
the TV show Gotham. I will say that it looked pretty cool. I did enjoy the fighting with the various terrorists at the end of the film. It is surprising that the final act was not retooled a little bit, especially with one of the things that happened in actual history on January 6, 2021. It was kind of nice to see WB and director Matt Reeves have a little bit of a boldness about them to go and include a scene that is straight up domestic terrorism that is more or less politically motivated. At that point, it could have been too late to go and reshoot that stuff. It really does work well for the film. The other big action sequence that we get is a well-staged car chase. It's nice to actually see a car chase, I just wish it wasn't as choppy with the editing. I would have enjoyed to see a little bit more long takes. I know choppy editing is designed to make things more intense, but they don't really work for me. Overall, I think the Matt Reeves directed The Batman is a good movie. It's not a great movie, it's not the... It's not the radical reinvention that we, the viewers, were promised, but it is a good film. It's not without its issues because, hey, no film is perfect. I can't help but wonder what we would have received if Ben Affleck would have been allowed to make the movie that he wanted to make, or even if Ben Affleck would have been in this film. Sadly, those what-ifs always go through my mind whenever I see something, especially if I know that it was supposed to be something else at one point in time or another. It does bug me a little bit that the DCEU was constantly criticized as far as being too dark, not enough jokes throughout those films. And what we got here was director Matt Reeves and WB delivering one of the darkest Batman films, if not the absolute darkest, bleakest Batman film, with a little bit of hope by the end of it that we've ever seen on screen, which, as I stated earlier, isn't exactly a bad thing. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you'd like to reach out to me and do not do the social media thing, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice as that will allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.